1: Welcome to the Rotowire DFS MLB Podcast Wednesday edition, folks. Hi there, baseball fans. I'm Paul Bruno, and I'm joined again by John McKechnie, and we always look forward to working together on this pod to bring you the best FanDuel plays in tonight's Wednesday baseball schedule. John, we're four weeks away from the trade deadline, and three of the six division races show last place teams are within seven games of the first-place clubs in those divisions. The other three divisions are pretty much a lot more spread out and uh, maybe more also rands have already de- decided their fate. My question to say you, and this does not factor in the fact that wildcard races are close in those divisions, but do you have a cutoff if you are a uh, GM of one of the teams that's in lane last place, seven games out right now? Is that enough for you to say, you know what, it's time to look at trade options and kind of pack in your uh, hopes for this season?
2: Uh, it, it, it is weird how, how jumbled, uh, things are to, to start this season. Uh, it's hard to say if, if you can really have a, a firm cutoff per se, you sort of have to contextualize how your season's gone to this point. It's like, okay, we're seven games out, but we're about to get, um, you know, some major pieces back. Like if, if you're the white Sox, you're about to get Carlos Rodon back and you're only seven games back. And, uh, while you still figure that the Indians are probably, um, the odds on favorite to win that division, um, the white Sox. You know, there's something to be said for arriving ahead of schedule. They have, you know, one of the better farm systems in baseball. Um, so, you know, for, th- for, if things are clicking and they feel like they can go out and, and, you know, make, make some more moves to be competitive for this year, even though the, the ceiling's really only a, a second wild card, then, um, you know why not, or at least just don't don't be a complete seller uh, if you're still competitive in this race. But I I don't know what you do if you're like 12 and a half games back in your and you're the Rangers when you came into the season with such high expectations. What what are your thoughts on like the Rangers and the, and the two teams beneath them in the West, uh, the the Angels and the Mariners, because they're they're within a game of the Rangers as well.
1: Well, the Angels, you got to kind of give them a mulligan, don't you, with the fact that Mike Trout factors Mike Trout's injury factors into their circumstances. It's
2: amazing that they're above 500 without him.
1: Yeah, but uh, you know what? I throw them a mulligan because you know, while they are so, such a distance out, they are still a contender in the wild card, I suppose. But exactly, too many teams to pass over If once you're about four or five games out. There's a whole midful of clubs there. And I would be very, very concerned about that circumstance. So really, to your point and, uh, and the points that you made, you really have to take a look at your situation. And another thing that you didn't mention is, what about the attendance figures? If you're a team that draws very well, let's say like a Toronto, this team has sold a lot of tickets for the last month and a half of the season, and you want to do everything that you can to to give them something to watch. So the, the I think the Jays would be one of those teams that, even though they have some teams to jump over, they're going to try their darndest to stay competitive and keep those fans engaged. It's it's putting the butts in the seats that's critical in certain areas, uh, well, all areas, I sure. guess, other than Boston, which is guaranteed, I suppose, uh, mm. and a couple other cities like that. But uh, you have to factor in what what does this mean, what does your decision mean to the fan base, and, and how will they receive it? Uh, I mean, you also have to look at next year's renewals, as well. So there's off-field off, uh, concerns and on-field concerns. But uh, one of the things that's most telling is an example that I want you to comment on in the same vein. Teams have to look at the potential free agents on their rosters too, John. And the Royals, for instance, Kansas City Royals are an inter- interesting case. as of Right now, as of, as of this podcast, they're only two and a half games out of the Central Division League and two games out of the Wild Card. Looking at their player salary structure, I noted that uh, veterans like Osmer, Kane, and Mustakas are playing out the last years of their contracts. If you're the, the Royals general manager, given what I've said and what we're trying to cover here, what's your position vis-a-vis these three players? Are you going to try your best to to keep them engaged and re-sign them all, or can you hope to realistically re sign them all? They're they're all cornerstones of the club and keys to uh some of the success that they've enjoyed in recent years. And some people think keeping them together might give this team another run at at uh, a championship caliber season. So that's a team that's a real in a real quandary. Uh, if John McKechnie's there as GM, what's his plan?
2: Um I think I'm gonna try to try to get what I can uh, for, for Kane and for, uh, Kelvin Herrera. Uh, the, I think a, a team that's looking for, uh, that solution in the back end. Uh, I, I think like a team like the nationals, they can't be feeling particularly good about what's going on with their bullpen, uh, right now. So I think that, uh, he's a guy that, that the Royals could, could fetch, uh, a really nice, uh, return for, uh, for, you know, someone that, that probably wasn't going to be back with the team long-term. Uh, I think Hosmer and Moustakis are probably the two ones that that they want to part with the least because they've completely come up through the Royals organization. Um, I don't think that other teams value Hosmer the same way that the Royals do because he doesn't really provide that power that you look for uh, from a first baseman. So I don't think they'd necessarily get uh, what they wanted in return there. I think you could get a pretty good price back on Moustakis, but... Uh, the way he's turned things around from a power perspective this year, um, I don't see why you don't want to pay that guy uh, what, what he's due. So I think that Kane and potentially Herrera end up going on the move. I see Hosmer and Moustakis, uh coming back. They are kind of in a weird uh, limbo right now but danny duffy's about to come back too so uh they're in a, they're definitely an interesting spot here definitely a lot better off than they were you know when we were recording this podcast say even a month ago
1: exactly they've had a nice run of success and maybe that makes all of this discussion moot if they can continue to roll uh with a great winning streak between now and the, all, the all-star break i definitely think they stand pat and they they look forward to the off-season uh, as part B of a plan, and just kind of consider going for it with a part A. But still, to me, it looks like it'd be difficult to retain the three uh, members of this offense that I outlined. In terms of next year's, I would look. I could see them bringing in two of them. And I think you're right. The guys that came up through the system are the guys that they have some sort of a more loyalty to. And uh, I'd look for Hosmer and Mustakas to be the guys they retain as well. Another interesting rumor, John, uh, given that pitching is su- of su- such importance at the trade deadline, the Oakland A's. Uh, there's noise that they're making Sonny Gray a potential trade piece. Uh, he's uh, the de facto ace of this staff, I guess, and you can say. And even though they're hopelessly out of the AL West race and the wild card, with too many teams to catch and a five game deficit there in the wild card specifically, Gray is uh, looked upon as a front of the rotation type in Oakland, as I said, and is still controllable in arbitration for two years beyond this season. If you're the GM of the Oakland A's, do you peddle this guy?
2: Absolutely. Um, I think you know. Uh, uh, having the A's, having the best player uh, on paper or, you know, at that time uh, is, is an extremely valuable thing. And, you know, with the A's not really looking to, to this year, they want to get as much back uh, for a guy like Sonny Gray as they can. They've, they've kind of made some, some trades that have burned them in recent years. Uh, you know, you look at your your Addison Russell deal, you look at your Josh Donaldson deals and so on and so forth. So they're, they're hurting a little bit organizationally. And I think that uh, moving a piece like Gray that could net you, uh, you know, three top end prospects, uh, I think you need to pull a trigger, especially considering uh, just how far away uh, this this core group of A's are where you don't really know if they're going with a youth movement or they randomly have a bunch of veterans as well. I don't really understand how how this roster is constructed, but I I do know that. That uh, moving Gray for several pieces I, I think would be the uh, right move to get them sort of uh, pointed back in the right direction instead of being sort of like lost out in sea.
1: Yeah, I, I caution uh, pursuers of Sonny Gray though, just because of the ballpark effect in Oakland. Uh, he's a couple of years also removed from a, a Cy Young caliber season. He hasn't pitched to that level for about the last year and a half. This year he's had a bit of a bounce back, but last year pretty dreadful John, so right. it's a cautionary tale as well. So the fact that he is one of the, one of the few uh, lynchpins, uh, potential lynchpins of a rotation that's out there, as there's very few teams that you can say are, are definitely out of the race might help the saleability factor but uh, it's cautioned also by the fact that he's benefiting from a bit of a ballpark effect in his favor too. So really a bit of a a balancing act has to be considered there but uh, certainly a guy who should all things being equal command some nice pieces in return and Oakland has to take a hard look at it. John these are samples of issues that GMs will be facing in coming weeks and we'll get plenty of coverage uh, elsewhere but we'll also take a look at them and other similar situations in coming weeks as we kind of play uh, fantasy GM for our listeners over the next few weeks before the July month. And I just wanted to get our feet wet in that regard. And before we get into our breakdown of top FanDuel picks for tonight's games, I want to invite our listeners to follow me, Paul Bruno at Statsman22, and you can follow John who's a great follow by the way at johnny McHex. he knows his basketball he knows his baseball and i think he's a real future star in this in this industry folks a lot of great opinions (laughs) and well john you're backing it up with your performance in FanDuel play all season long i gotta say i've been very impressed uh i had a wonderful year in fantasy football it hasn't really carried over the baseball side until recent weeks where i've started to play a little more regularly and got a line on things so there you go i'm on a pretty good roll right now myself so i'm pretty happy with that and let's go through the matchups with a quick pre of projected starters for tonight's games my friend will ignore the couple of early starts and ask you to take us through uh, the early slate of games right off the top there's a marquee matchup uh, that i want you to highlight
2: all right, so starting us off in the nation's capital, we're going to have uh, the Washington Nationals with Steven Strasburg, 8 and 2 record, 3.57 ERA taking the hill against the Cubs and John Lackey who owns a 5 and 8 record, 4.74 ERA. The Nats are minus 160 favorites in that matchup with an over under of 8 that is a 705 Eastern start. Uh, Blake Snell coming back up for the Rays, 0 and 4 record, 4.71 before he sent before being sent down, but he's back up with the rotation now. Going to Pittsburgh to face Yvonne Nova and the Pirates. Nova, 7 and 5 record, 406 ERA. Uh, the Pirates, slight home favorites at a minus 124. That's an 8.5 over under. That's a 705 start. Moving up to your neck of the woods, we haven't even tra- uh, talked trash yet because we're in fourth and fifth place, but we got the Orioles with Wade Miley, 3 and 5 record, 4 4 8 ERA against Toronto and Marcus Stroman, 7 and 4 record, 369 ERA. The Blue Jays, pretty heavy favorites here, minus one eighty-three with a nine and a half over/under. That's a 707 start. Uh, moving down to Cleveland, we have the Trevor Bauer and the Indians, six and six record, five five three ERA, uh, taking on the Rangers and, and Ace U Darvish, six and five record, three one two ERA. Uh, the Indians, slight home favorites, minus one hundred nine there with an over/under sitting at nine. Uh, then moving on down to uh, Miami, Jeff Locke and the Marlins. Uh, hosting Stephen Matz and the Mets. Uh, Matts one and one with a three six ERA. Mets slight home favorite or road favorites at minus one eleven with an over under of nine. Uh, that's a seven and ten start. Then we have the Twins. with Alberto Mejia two and three record four nine three ERA going to Boston to face Rick Porcello, last year's Cy Young winner. Uh, Boston minus one sixty eight. Uh, home favorites there, seven ten start. And then to Detroit, we have left hander Daniel Norris on the mound, four and five record, four six six ERA, hosting the Royals that we just talked about. Ian Kennedy taking them taking the mound one and six record, four nine-five ERA. The over-under there is sitting at 9.5, and, and the Tigers are slight favorites at home at minus 136.
1: Well, John, we haven't talked trash about Oakland. and I mean, the Orioles and the, the Jays, much, much, most, much of that is because they're 4th and 5th in the division, as you said, and your club is just killing mine head-to-head all season long. But a <laughs> cautionary tale for you, my friend. I have had really good success when, for my home team when I've been there at the park, and I'm going to be there the next two nights working for oh, no. tonight. Baseball's official sport, scorer support yours truly, and tomorrow I'll be the field timing coordinator. For, the, for that game so looking forward to that uh, in both games and uh, you know stroman is a guy who should bounce back from a terrible performance last time out uh, a guy that the jays consider their de facto ace going against lefty miley and uh, jays have had tough tough times with left-handed pitchers but uh, this looks like a situation where uh, my team's needing revenge and has a good shot to get it based yeah, on the a difference
2: between having trouble against lefties and having trouble against wade miley
1: <laughs> we'll see how that plays out but uh I hope I have something to crow about in two days. Otherwise, I, you can pull <laughs> pull the grass over my team. I think they're really on life support. Uh, the rest of the schedule plays out like this: the Milwaukee Brewers and Chase Anderson, who's had a really good season for the Brewers, six and two with a two ninety two ERA, brings them in as favorites, a minus one sixteen on the money line. The over under nine and a half at uh, Louis Castillo and, and company, uh, three sixty is the ERA there. Seven o'clock start. And Masahiro Tanaka and the Yankees, five and seven uh, for Tanaka, pretty pretty middling mark for a guy who uh, is thought of as the ace of the staff uh, of New York. 5.74 is the ERA. They're favored though, a minus 132 on the money line, and nine flat on the on the over under against Carlos Rodon making his debut this season tonight at eight at eight ten. Then there's Jesse Hahn of the A's uh a three and five mark 466 era at houston and david paulino two and oh is the record there for paulino 504 is the era 178 is the favor for the home team uh, the best team in the american league uh, the houston astros yep. and uh, the over-under set at nine and a half for that 810 start then we got the cardinals adam wainwright at arizona and zach godley three and one is the record there for godley 253 is the era one thirty-one, they're favored uh, on the money line, and the over/under set at nine and a half for that nine forty start. The Dodgers and Jin Ryu, three six is three and six is the record. Four thirty is the ERA at uh, Alex Meyer. Three and four is the record. four twenties is the ERA. The visitors, the Dodgers, one of the top teams in in the majors. They're they're the favored club tonight. Uh, minus one fifteen and eight and a half on the over under. And Bartolo Colon, uh, the ageless one, pitching though as as he's aging this year as we <laughs> speak. Uh, two and seven is the record. Seven seventy eight the ERA into San Diego, a pitcher's park. Louis Perdomo, another losing record there. Two and four is the record. Four fifty six the ERA. The home standing pods are a one. 15 favorite the over-under is eight and a half for that 10 10 start john let's get into things beginning with a look at the starting pitchers Uh, we always take a look at the fan at the top of the board uh, in this regard and we will at each position there's three guys over the nine thousand dollar mark i'm going to ask you which of these three do you prefer and i would ask you to make the case for them as well
2: um, well the the price uh kind of makes it obvious who who FanDuel thinks the, the best possible pitcher for this evening is, but I, I, I tend to agree with him this time around. Uh it's Steven Strasburg for me. And I think Strasburg he draws a little bit more tournament appeal than than he normally would uh this evening because you know he's he's had three straight starts under six innings, five earned runs or more in two of those three starts. Uh, so I think people have probably use Strasburg in their lineups uh, built lineups around him and and gotten burned a little bit. So I think that drives down his ownership number a little bit. And I think that people also tend to avoid that Cubs lineup, even though uh, you know, news alert, like they're not actually being, they haven't actually been that good this season, but people still uh, fade away from, from using pitchers against the Cubs uh, you know, oftentimes. So I think that we're going to see low ownership on Strasburg and that's my main selling point here. So I, I think anytime that you can get the best pitcher on the slate, at, at, 10-3 I think that that's that's definitely a bargain and some someone that I'll, I'll craft a lineup around at least a couple lineups around actually
1: yeah in the case of Darvish you've got to be concerned about the fact that there's a bit of a triceps concern in him he's still scheduled to make the start but that's a pretty good lineup that he's facing in this matchup right. and you wonder if uh, Chase Anderson is this year's version of Cinderella and he's gonna uh, midnight's coming soon for this guy I mean the middle of the order for Cincinnati Reds has made a lot right. of teams pay big time this year so uh, a tough road to for him so I echo your sentiment Stephen Strasburg for me would be the cream of this trio and he's priced appropriately Uh, I think you can make a case if you can go cheap on some of the positions that this would be a good time to put the top guy on the board into your lineup going down the the way a little bit we'll take it into the 8,000 range and I already teased Masahiro Tanaka and my view about him even though they're facing the lowly White Sox priced at $8,900 this guy's been a shadow of his usual self this year and I'm, I'm fading him in this group I don't don't care. He looks like he has a favorable matchup, John. But uh, I'm looking elsewhere in this eight thousand dollar range. I'm curious to see who you might highlight going on down to the eighty one hundred dollars at Ivan Nova, another guy that I really like for Pittsburgh tonight.
2: I, I guess the the one thing that I will say about Tanaka, and you know, this is you know coming from as someone that that's loaded up against him earlier than the season, he has you know pretty considerable uh, road issues. It seems like, but he's got three straight starts with eight or more strikeouts. Uh, he's dropped his ERA on the road down to 4.75. It was worse, believe it or not. Uh, and that whip of one, one, three on the road suggests that maybe that ERA, maybe a little bit inflated, maybe just getting a little bit unlucky with being unable to, to strand the runners, uh, that he gets, that he does allow on base. Uh, the white Sox are just bad against righties. Um, and they are, uh, 19th in terms of, uh, weighted on base. Uh, at their home park. So pretty middling offense across the board. And like I said, not great against righties. So there's like a, a small, uh, I'll have a small consideration for, for Tanaka for, for a tournament lineup. Um, and then moving down, uh, I'm avoiding Rick Porcello against Minnesota. I'm, I'm just trying to avoid using Rick Porcello in general right now and going against <laughs> that Minnesota lineup that has, you know, some serious, serious mashers in it. Uh, yeah. Sano and Vargas, Uh, you know, I think that Porcello is going to get touched up for at least a few home runs, uh, this evening, Steven Matz is a guy that, you know, he's fine. Uh, you're just worried about the rest of that team kind of being able to give him any sort of run support, even against Jeff Locke. that, you know, that's really not a guarantee with the way that that Mets offense is going right now. Um, I would like to hear your thoughts on Nova, but before I move on to that, uh, do like Godley a fair bit at home against St. Louis, uh, you know, going, going going to be opposed by Adam Wainwright, who's uh, been a little bit shaky, obviously. Uh, Godley, five quality starts in his last six outings. Uh, sub one whip at home as well. So he's been really excellent at home. And, and you know he's going to get the run support from a Diamondbacks lineup that's the best at home in all of baseball.
1: Well, and and before I get to Nova, I want to mention John Lackey's in this range too, John. But uh, I, I don't like the matchup for him against Washington. I think that he's overvalued here based also on his recent uh, string of uh, ordinary performances. So I don't get the $8,100 price tag at all for
2: Lackey. He can be run on too. Yeah. This yeah, so. Just like Arietta, he he is uh, tied with John Lester for the most stolen bases allowed by a pitcher. Excellent um,
1: call. He just con- contributes to getting himself in
2: trouble, right? He does, and I think that there, there's probably an added emphasis on that game. For you know, people are going to be looking out for for Washington to be stealing, and it's one thing to you know be be conscious of it. It's not like they weren't conscious of it last night, and they still uh, stole seven bags off of the off of the Cubs. So you know, Cubs are going to try as they as they will to uh, to limit the base runners or to hold them, or you know. What have you? But I think the Nats have too much speed, and I think the the Cubs, uh, the slowness of their battery is going to get them in trouble. So I'm I'm considering using some some speedy Nationals this evening.
1: Well, and I'm I'm leaning on Ivan Nova in this range, as you teased. I mean, look at the fact that the guy's been an inning eater for the Pirates since he got down there about two years ago from the Yankees. (laughs) Uh, Probably a deal that Yanks uh, wish they never made because Nova's turned into the stalwart of the staff here. He you can count on him for six or seven innings and a quality start most nights uh, the era hovering around three and uh, the pirates offense has really turned a corner and started to become a little more productive uh, more of it like what we expected at the outset of the season so in terms of win probability and a favorable pitching matchup uh, given that uh, nova's mound opponent is blake snella lefty with an 0-4 record of 471 era this this looks like an opportunity to to get a pitcher on the cheap who has a great chance to pull a victory and to eat up some innings and c- come up with a nice game score for you so to me that's my lean in this range uh heavy lean for for nova and the pirates tonight if there are any value pitchers in the sub eight thousand range john i expect you to find them and to tell us about them right now
2: well it's it's a little bit tougher to find i think there's a there's a lot of uh kind of gas can type of pitchers yep. going out there this evening you know below that eight thousand mark um you know we, I think there's just pitchers really to load up against. There's there's like a full menu of pitchers to load up against. Um, if you if you needed to go uh, sub sub eight thousand, then I suppose maybe David Paulino. Yeah. But you know he just started against uh, the the A's last week, I think this is the same matchup that was like a crazy 12 to nine game right. from, from last Thursday. Uh, Paulino, you don't expect him to go deep into the game, but, uh, if he can kind of give you that, that Brad Peacock, like five, five and two thirds innings with like seven or eight strikeouts, then, you know, that, that works, you know, that, that's something that's, that you can tolerate, uh, from a pitcher that you're only spending 7,500 on, but you're not going to use uh Rodone in a season debut against the Yankees. Uh, you're not going to use Adam Wayne right out in the desert with the way that he's been giving up uh, hard contact. You're not going to use uh Hyunjin Ryu, even, even if it is against a, a Mike Troutless, uh, angels lineup that that lineup is really kind of, uh, pulled itself together and done well in his absence. So uh, really it's, it's hard for me to justify other than just a complete lottery ticket. I I think Blake Snell would be a lottery ticket type of type of move. But like you said, he's got a tough uh, opposing pitcher on the mound and Nova that who I expect to kind of limit uh, the, the raise as well. So really not a whole lot to like below eight thousand this evening
1: i agree with that assessment completely john well said uh, let's move before we move on to the uh, rest of the field here i want to also give a, f- a nod to our friends at FanDuel. Uh, it's back it's better than ever we've had a ball with it for almost half a season it's there for everyday fans there's new contests starting every day and there's no busted seasons of course just pick a contest choose your team and compete against other fans new this year there's been an upgraded experience there's late swap contests where you can edit your players right up to the start time of their individual games. No more worrying about a late lineup scratch or a sudden storm. Non-late swap contests are still available to an updated scoring. I already talked about it. The quality start where you get four extra points if your pitcher goes more than six innings and allows three or less earned runs. So you have more control over a solid pitching performance. They have a friends mode where you create a league for your friends. We had one set up for us with Rotowire's free roll and you've been exceptional at it. I've been closing ranks uh, in the last few weeks gaining it's on the
2: final tonight video. man
1: yeah and uh you choose the days you play each week uh contests will be created automatically plus there's a leaderboard which will keep track of how you all stack stack up against each other john you've had a fabulous year uh, how many entries have you got in the free roll i i did i missed out
2: uh, i think I, it looks like i have uh three so uh should should uh, be able to uh put together Uh, some interesting lineups and attack this slate from a few different uh, angles in hopes of uh, taking home the glory here. But uh, yeah, it's been, it's been a strong uh, last few weeks Uh, talking about the Dodgers last week, I think sort of, uh, really helped things along they they were just absolute bombs away your call on on puig and then uh, grandall homered twice so that that really kind of helped uh, put those lineups that I, I put in last wednesday over the top
1: excellent work my friend and we remind our listeners to have all the fantasy that baseball has to offer at fanduel you can be sports rich sign up today go to fanduel.com slash rw there's a special offer for new users deposit today and you'll get a free six-month rotowire subscription plus five free entries that's up to fifty dollars in value to try a variety of sports on fanduel that's fanduel.com slash rw all right john it's time to get into our position by position picks starting with the catchers where we see gary sanchez all alone at thirty seven hundred dollars that's five hundred dollars more than any other receiver but i ask you is this a good day to choose him over the rest of the field
2: um i mean it it certainly it certainly could be because he's facing a left he has a right handed batter that's always something you consider uh and a guy like rodone uh not only is he making his first uh, start of the season with the White Sox, but it, he wasn't particularly sharp during his rehab. And, you know, you always kind of take the rehab numbers as a grain of salt. It's, it's really more uh, how guys" feeling. But, uh, you know, Sanchez, I, I think that because he's so much more expensive than, than other catchers, and it, yeah, I think people will probably try to save at this position, um, I think that drives down Sanchez's ownership percentage a little bit to where you know you're not entering a tournament and seeing that he's in 30 percent of everyone else's lineups um so you, we could see him his ownership down into the teens uh, as the most expensive most expensive catcher and i think that there, there's uh, certainly room for profit there uh based on this matchup so i do like sanchez a fair bit i haven't Quite made a lineup where I, where I fit him in yet, but um, if you wanted to to go and craft some some right handed Yankees against uh, Rodon, then uh, get Sanchez in there for sure.
1: Yeah, he's uh, reached nine plus points and up to thirty four uh, seven times in in the last uh, ten games in that range. That's pretty pr- good production, and if you can squeeze him in tonight, given the matchup that you highlighted, and the favorable nature that it has might be an opportunity for you to pay off uh, with a good performance from Sanchez. Again, kind of a contrarian play given that most people will kind of punt this position uh, and and go for a lesser option. But there might be one of those guys that can jump up and have a big game. I'm big on Sal Perez in this range next, uh, next to uh, Sanchez. Perez has been on a uh, hitting tear and he gets the benefit of the righty-lefty matchup tonight against Daniel Norris who's been lit up a few times this season. So uh, Salvador Perez already with 15 homers and 45 ribbies some catchers won't reach those holes for the whole season john this guy's hitting a lusty 289 as well and producing significantly well over the last uh, couple of weeks makes me very very interested in trying to plop him into this lineup given this matchup but there are other opportunities to, uh, taking us down to the 2800 range i've asked you to speak to, uh, to the other names in this grouping
2: um, well, um, first off, I, I'm totally with you on Perez. Um, and then at adding on to that, and we'll, we'll get into this uh, when, we, when we're looking at other positions, too. But uh, the wind's blowing out hard to left field uh, tonight in Detroit. So that's something that you're going to want to look out for, because I think some right-handed bats in that game uh, are become even more interesting uh, than they already were. Um, but uh, moving down the list a little bit, I, I guess Tyler Flowers would, would probably be my guy. Um, if I'm not going the the Perez route at 3,200 and dipping a little bit below there, uh, Flowers just really consistent production uh, throughout the season. You know, hitting 331 that that's just an absurd mark for for a catcher. Um, you know, in in a day and age where where catchers offensively uh, tend to be one of the one of the just like the Shallower positions across all of baseball, uh, so going out to San Diego doesn't necessarily worry me. I don't need a home run out of Tyler Flowers to make him worth it, um, but I, I think he'd be a fine play, high floor uh, type of catcher. Grandal, uh, obviously at, at twenty eight hundred, also I feel like that's a, that's a deal, and then Alex Avila, also twenty eight hundred. Uh, he's, you know, playing in that Detroit game where, where again, uh, the wind is blowing out. Uh, it's not in the direction that you would like for for Alex Avila per se. I'd probably give Grandal the lean against a righty, um, but th- there's there are a few viable options in this range that, that I think you can go with.
1: I'd take a look at uh, Russell Martin in this range too. There's a guy he's moved up to the second spot in the batting order for Toronto, and he gets the righty-lefty advantage against Miley. This is a game the, the Jays I think have every every chance to put up a big uh, big crooked number against the Euros. And yep. uh, Martin Martin is well placed. You want a guy who has more at bats than most of the other guys at this position. He gets a, maybe an extra turn over the rest of the field, considering not many others will bat so high in the order. That's a consideration That's for me, and uh, so I'll take that advantage advantage uh, if i have to the opportunity to plug him in here are there any other kind of lottery type picks john below the 2800 range i know i like robinson carinos a lot uh, in the matchup that he has today against Cleveland indians and a very hittable trevor bauer carinos for his part's already gone deep 11 times this year he's headed for a career high in that regard i believe
2: yeah no he's he's having an excellent season i, I could definitely uh, see where you can make the case uh, for him but if i'm going like sort of the, the punt area, the, the bargain bin, uh, area of the, of the catcher slate, I'm going with Austin hedges. It, now he's a guy that I do need a home run, uh, in order for him to really, uh, be valuable because he's sort of an all or nothing guy, uh, kind of Ryan Schimpfian in in mm-hmm. you know, his output. Um, but you know, hedges, he does get Bartolo Colon tonight. and yeah, I think that's, that's kind of enough for me to, to kind of, uh go to this this end of the pool and get, go with the go with the guy like hedges a guy that i know uh if he gets a hold of one and bartolo can certainly uh serve those type of pitches up i think that hedges uh hits value for you
1: and another game i'll a name i'll throw out in this range before i move on to the first baseman is jonathan lucroy i mean how bad a year has this guy had john but been a bit he had a bit of bounce back in early june uh and, and I thought he was turning the corner, but of late, still uh, relatively cold. But again, the very hitable. I think prep- we
2: need. I think we need to disown him. I think yeah. we, we've ta- we've talked about him. He, di- he disappoints us week in, week out. Yeah. no more John Lucroy. Right? Twenty five hundred dollars,
1: <laughs> though. I mean, how? Low I know. Can you go? I know. It's crazy.
2: <laughs> but, you know, there have been weeks where I'm like, oh, 2,700 and still zero. Yeah, you know? that's true. So. Killing me. Maybe Killing last
1: me. chance corral for me. I'll give him one more shot. Fair enough. Uh over, merciful. To fir- <laughs> over to first base, we see, you know, at the top of the board, I was surprised to see a four at the, as the first digit for Paul Goldschmidt. He's been over five and up to almost $5,700, $5,800 the last couple of times we've done this show. He gets a good matchup against Adam Wainwright and uh, priced at only $4,500. He's one of three guys in this room range Uh, Cody Bellinger you went off on him last week quite justifiably he's had a fabulous start to his career and Joey Votto uh, great greatest Canadian ball player that's out there right now and having another fine season you got this guy on automatic pilot you can wind up and let him go and he just keeps pumping out the great years those are the three guys over four thousand dollars I want you to make the case for the guy that you like the best in this
2: trio I think Votto would would be my guy I know that that you know, in terms of matchup, he might have the toughest one of this three with, with the way that chase Anderson's going and he's been strong on the road, but, uh, you know, Votto's a guy that I think can hit pretty much any pitcher. Um, this is a game at great American ballpark. I, I imagine that, you know, this is always just a series where there's a lot of runs to be scored. And I think Votto's always, uh, sort of at the center of that. So if you're going, uh, towards the upper end of the board this evening, I, I give him the lean over even a guy like Cody Bellinger, who, you know, for a hundred dollars more, I think is fi- is facing a pitcher that might may, may not be a household name by any means, but he's been really good at limiting the home run ball, and that's what you want out of Cody Bellinger. So um, I give a slight lean to Joey Votto this evening. I think that uh, he'd probably be the smarter tournament play. I'm surprised. Um, I'm so going to say. With it.
1: I'm surprised that you didn't go with Goldie. I'm going to say one more time that I think Mr. Goldschmidt uh, is. is the class of the field uh, again this week and you certainly got to like the matchup that he has and and I look at his uh, game log John and one of the things that jumps out to me is that he's it's been an awfully long time since he went hitless in two straight games he was hitless last night so I'm expecting a big bounce back against the very hittable Adam Wainwright who's not near the top of his game and uh, I think Mr. Goldschmidt makes him pay and and comes through in a big way for the cards uh, for the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks tonight as yes. they host the Cardinals. So I'll make the case for $4,500 saving on what his normal price tag has been and uh, trying to fit him it into at least one lineup tonight. So I like him big time out of this trio. But if you want to if you want or need to save a few dollars, though, there's a number of viable options taking us down to thirty-five hundred dollars, uh, thirty-five hundred to thirty-nine hundred dollars. John, there's a bunch of players in this range. Uh, Miggy Cabrera, not having the MVP caliber year that we're used to seeing from him, is in this range. Uh, the home run rate is down, so I, that's one guy that I'm I'm going to pass on in this group. I wonder who might rise above him in your rankings in this in this area.
2: No, that's a, that's a good call on Cabrera. Um, you know, this is one of the rare nights where I, where I am really, really targeting the tigers, but, uh, Cabrera, I guess 3,700. He's sort of like, uh, my Luke Roy for, for this podcast. Like I just, I feel like he, he, you know, maybe, maybe just maybe, uh, he gets it going, but, um, it kind of sticking with the Austin hedges theme or just really the gang up on Bartolo theme. Uh, Will Myers at 3,600. I think, uh, if you're going, you know, into this tier, um, I, I like his, I like his, uh, potential the best. I think, you know, if he sees Bartolo three times this evening, then I'll be shocked. But then, uh, that's all he'll see of him because i I think he would probably take him deep that third time out. So, uh, I think Myers Myers would definitely be my guy more so than, than a guy like Matt Carpenter who, um, you know, he's been very strong since he moved up to that leadoff spot in the order. But I think he has a relatively tough matchup here. And the, the Cardinals just have a funk about him right now. So kind of off of that. And uh, um, I'm off of Ryan Zimmerman as well, even though I could see him doing well against Lackey. I think I'd prefer to have a national with, with more stolen base upside than Zimmerman so I'll go Myers.
1: You know what I, I'm looking at Zimmerman thinking he has uh, not fared well in the last few games and, and also his backup Adam Lind has absolutely terrorized John Lackey in their head-to-head career so I'm holding off uh, on the Ooh. call on Zimmerman and I'll get to what I want to say about Lind a little bit later but keep an eye on that, on that situation because I, if they go match up history I could see Adam Lind making an appearance in that lineup. So be very very careful when you're making this pick and make sure your players are in the lineup. That's something we talk about almost every week and we should as a reminder that you could really pooch your your lineup uh, if you don't make sure that your guys are in, in there and uh, tonight I could certainly see Adam lynn getting in there. We'll get into why in a few minutes. Uh John there are uh, Logan Morrison's kind of cooled off a little bit uh, for me. Anthony Rizzo is uh, a certainly name recognition guy to tough matchup against Strasburg. Uh, I don't like uh, spending up uh, when the pitching matchup is so tough. Kendrys Morales yeah. has been asleep at the switch for the, the Jays for, for uh, parts of this season, and current, including currently. One guy I really like for Toronto, uh, he's a switch hitter, Justin Smoke. There's a real push to get this guy in the All-Star game. He's quietly put together uh, by far the best season of his career. and I like the fact that he's uh, in the mix for that consideration and uh in my heart of hearts i hope that he gets it as a jays fan uh, just a real good citizen a solid fielding player but tonight he also gets Mm -hmm. a chance to to pad the offensive numbers against wade miley so that's a guy we didn't talk about in this range trey mancini heads the group up uh at thirty four hundred dollars and below let's take it down to three thousand what say you about him and any of the names in this grouping
2: uh, mancini you just you're gonna have to live with him probably hitting uh, towards the back end of the of the middle third of that lineup although uh, with chris Davis out Buckshaw alters kind of experimented uh, with the lineup a little bit so there's a chance that uh, mancini moves up uh, into you know maybe the fifth spot uh, in that order for the Orioles um, he's been one of the more consistent uh, players on that team throughout the season he's sort of been Ah, uh, the Orioles version of Justin Smoke, as far as you know, kind of an out of nowhere guy that that sort of picked things up while the while the expected stars have kind of uh, stumbled a bit. So Mancini, I just don't love his matchup as much as I, I do like some of the other people's uh, down here. You know, Edwin Encarnacion is is that same price. And I know he's going against Udarvis, Darvish, but you mentioned that U Darvish might not be pitching at 100 percent right now. So that's quite the discount for a guy like Edwin, who's really turned things uh, around over the last month or so. Um, and then moving down the list at thirty one hundred, uh, I'm going to keep falling for this trap until like I don't even know when. But Eric Thames. The fact that he's only 3,100 in Cincinnati in that ballpark, uh, like I said, that series is just, you know, like a run extravaganza. So I think that Thames uh, gets himself back uh, to uh, to where you'd expect him in that sort of matchup tonight. So uh, he's got 20 home runs already this season. I know most of it was hit in the first uh, month or so, but uh, I do have my faith that he'll be able to, to get things uh, back on track against Castillo, who's making, I believe, is just his like, second start uh, professionally this evening. So yeah, Thames at 3,100
1: there's another there's an injury uh, note here on Hanley Ramirez he's day-to-day with a knee injury so we'll pass on him in this range I'll also make the case uh, for Edwin Encarnacion another guy who's gone a long time since he was hitless in and two straight and uh, the power surge has continued over the last month he's hitting like I expected that he would and he's not afraid of Yu Darvish he's had a lot of success head-to-head against him too so and that's a healthy Yu Darvish in those circumstances so I really like him tonight I also like Jose Abreu who's quietly put together a really solid campaign another guy who you can just seem to wind up and and put him out there and the on-base numbers are there the power numbers are there and he gets a Masahiro Tanaka who's a bit shaky of late so I like him uh, to have a chance to launch one uh, in, at the home park for Chicago tonight at $3,300. That's an attractive price tag. I'll also say Mitch Moreland is an interesting pick here. I know it's lefty on lefty, but he's undergone a bit of a power surge over the last week. Three homers in his last three starts, six hits in his last four games. So I, I like the hot stick here against a lefty that doesn't really scare me to death. And the Boston lineup should be able to find their way around at Alberto Maia and put up some large crooked numbers there. And I expect Moreland to be a part of it, even though it is, as I say, that lefty on lefty matchup. What about uh, the three thousand one hundred and down, John? There's also, you know, there's talent uh, in this range as well. well. We'll note Freddie Freeman's on the DL with a wrist injury, Chris Davis with an oblique, but there are still guys like uh, uh, Alonso, Thames, and then Gallo, Bohr, and uh, any others that you care to mention or go off on.
2: Yeah, like I said, Thames Thames is probably my guy as far as uh, you know more value. Uh, first baseman tyler austin i think would be uh in some consideration uh for me but i know that he's he's uh he had a dh last night with it with a bit of a sore hamstring but uh he gets rodone you know like i was saying about gary sanchez not that i'm saying that that austin is nearly uh, that class of uh player option at this point but um you're certainly going to be getting him and you're probably going to be one of the 3% if that, that that owns him. So at 2600, I mean, you're at least separating yourself from the pack and you know that he does bring that, that pop potential, uh, with him. So you'd have to make sure that he's in the lineup, uh, but 2600, I think that you know there are worse options, and I think Kenny's Vargas against uh, Boston and Rick Porcello. Uh, Any time that you can get Vargas against a righty uh, is the time that you certainly consider him. So 2700, if you want to get like a Vargas Sano uh, stack, uh, that's not going to end up being too expensive, just because Vargas uh, brings that power potential for just 2700.
1: Well, and uh, I talk about uh, Adam Lind in this uh, range to a uh, 2700. He has the best history of any batter against any pitcher in a significant uh, sample size going into tonight's action. 18 for 43 against John Lackey career, and he's only struck out four times. So a pretty good high contact rate, a batting average of 419 head-to-head. I'll take a piece of that action if if Lind does get into the lineup. So I'll be definitely watching to see how Washington puts together their their batting order tonight. And if Lind is in there, he's my guy at the first base spot uh john let's go over to second base now and uh, the top of the board over here features a couple of guys that are clearly ahead of the field uh daniel murphy and jose Altuve, both all-star caliber players at this position if you had to pick one or the over the other who would it be tonight
2: oh this is this is tough and it's it's tough every week because they're always you know right next to each other at the as the the class of the second base crop um i'd probably give the slight lean to to uh to Murphy that this evening, because I think that, that the, um, the nationals are going to be able to get runners on, uh, ahead of Murphy. I think Murphy, Murphy's going to just have the RBI upside that, that Altuve right. might not. I, I think that Altuve will do just fine and get himself on base a bunch, but I see the nationals getting on base. Uh, taking extra bases, uh, stealing, just running all over uh, the Cubs. And with that, you know Murphy's going to have guys on with runners in scoring position. I, I like him uh, to, to pay off in that regard.
1: You know what? I like the call, and I agree with it. And I think that when, when you're looking for a tie-breaking situation, you've got to look at the opposing pitcher's uh, record recently. You've got to look at where this guy hits in the lineup. And uh, Murphy gets more of a power slot than Altuve, who's more of a top of the order table setter type. So for me, mm-hmm. there are a couple of issues there to separate Murphy and give him the sli- uh, give him the slight lean in this regard. Uh, more than a hundred dollars should should be accounted for that difference, in my opinion. So I'm happy to pay up uh, that extra hundred dollars and get Murphy in this uh, in this pairing. But if you want to save some money, there are some good names uh, below. The that uh, level uh, 3,400 and down to 3,100 there's about seven or eight guys I really like Jonathan Shoup tonight for the Orioles he's on a hitting tear uh, for your guys and he scares me to death and in, in in Roger Center he's had a, a fine time against the Blue Jays this season really padding his offensive totals and kind of he's the poor cousin to Manny Machado but boy oh boy when you when you think of this team he he's also maybe the fourth or fifth threat that you think about but I have a healthy regard for him based on what I've seen of late and I really think he's a great value at $3,300 what's your thoughts there and on any of the other guys in this range
2: Yes. Yeah, Scope is swinging about as good of a bat as anyone in that Orioles lineup right now. And they've kind of messed around with moving him up in the order. He used to kind of be, you know, cast down to like the, the seventh or eighth spot. But he's certainly uh, outperformed that to the point where he's hitting uh, in a much favorable position for, for DFS purposes. Um, I like Ian Kinsler a lot tonight. And generally, I haven't been a huge Kinsler guy uh, this season. But I just really like this Tigers game a lot tonight. I love uh, the, the ball or the wind blowing out to left field. Uh, We're getting a a matchup against a pitcher in in Kennedy that that can definitely give up the long ball. Um, Kinsler can certainly hit one, especially more so than, than most of these second basemen. Uh, in in this range here, so uh, get Kinsler as part of your as your Tiger stack. You know, thirty four hundred. I think that that's that's completely affordable for the for the third best player at a, at a given position, especially shortstop.
1: Well, and I'm going to talk about a Pittsburgh stack and including Josh Harrison in the mix there. I like the fact that he has a pretty favorable matchup tonight. He's been productive of late, and so for thirty two hundred, that's money well spent. But just above him, I'm wondering if Ruggi Odor might have hurt his hand when he hit Jose uh, Jose Batista a final back there. <laughs> Something. Because because he's batting a, a terrible 205, and and just the offense is just not there. I I think he's priced at $3,300 just on reputation alone. I don't see it tonight, even though he has what I would consider a, 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 a hittable Trevor Bauer on the mound. I'm staying away from this guy completely at this price yep. tag. There are other options in this range. I mentioned uh, Josh Harrison. Uh, Scooter Gannett's a guy that you didn't touch on. Uh, I know it's a week or two removed from his career night but uh he's ha- he's had uh, a pretty good season still batting 307 on the season john and uh been very productive of late too so uh, don't sleep on him he's got a hitting streak of the last six games he's hit in each one and had uh four uh times where he's had multiple hit efforts so the hot stick continues for him at $3,300 uh, a pretty nice price tag uh, as he, he's got some power around him in the lineup that could make for a productive evening for him as well. Uh, if we take it below the 3,000 mark John are there any names in this group that you like I mean certainly you can look at the speed possibility that d gordon brings you brandon phillips still a factor in the uh, that potent atlanta lineup he's surrounded by a lot, number of big uh, big hitters that could uh, bring him around the bases uh Robbie Sh- ryan shimp another guy that uh, bears some consideration for the padres jason kipnis a name recognition type uh, twenty eight hundred dollars the the price tag there so there's some real good interesting possibilities down in this range for me
2: I think uh, Whit Merrifield again uh, going back to that to that AL Central matchup. He'll be out uh, in Detroit, and he gets the platoon advantage against a lefty. He you know he he has an OPS close to nine hundred against left-handers, batting average of three twenty-three against southpaws, um, and this isn't a particularly great southpaw. So uh, I know he's cooled off a, a fair bit from where he was. Uh, earlier in the season but merrifield i think bears some consideration i think also at 2800 jonathan vr a guy that just came off the dl uh, i assume that he's going to come back into the lineup council plug him back in um and i think that at 2800 for for his stolen base upside and and you know just being on base for for that game where there's going to be a ton of runs uh that's that's some really nice cheap exposure there so th- there's some really good options at that 2800 uh range i'm not going to fall for for the names of some of these guys like I'm, I'm fall for the jason kipnis trap or what have you yeah. i think i think that merrifield or, or vr would be my guys for for you know like the 25 to 3000 range
1: all right let's swing over to third base where i see six names bunched up between 3900 dollars and 3600 dollars. for me though two of them jump off the board and one of them right at the top adrian beltray you know he's one of my fantasy favorites and He's hitting the best that he has all season long. The veteran's climbing up the all-time leaderboards, but I like the fact that he's done really well of late, And I keep touching on that Bauer matchup. Uh, This is one guy who should feast on this as well. So I really like him at the top of the board. But I also maybe favor of all the guys. Justin Turner, who's just having an MVP caliber season offensively for the Dodgers. It's an intercity rivalry. And I know they've had a tough time with the Angels. And and you can bet the Dodgers want to get get back to at least even with these guys before it's done. And uh, Turner's a guy who's been lighting it up consistently all season long. He gets a favorable matchup tonight again one of the lesser lights on the pitching staff for the Angels in Alex Meyer. So uh, all told, I think this is an opportunity for Justin Turner to have a big evening for the Dodgers. Who do you like of this sextet at, uh, at the top of the, the third baseman? Uh,
2: it's it's hard for me to argue against uh, your guy, Josh Donaldson. Honestly, going against a left-hander, that's always something that that uh, makes you consider him uh, when you're kind of parsing out between the, the elite uh, third base options but uh, you know he's a guy when when he connects it, it's it's so gone and I think uh, Sano is another guy at 3800 lamb at 3700 actually like it I, like I don't I was just sitting here looking at the slate and it it just didn't register with me how ridiculous that is but you're getting like one of the, arguably the best hitting third baseman in the game uh, outside of like a Nolan Arenado um, for 3700 against Wainwright at home there's something up there. I don't know, but, but I'm like shocked right now, but there, yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I like, I like Donaldson. I like Sonella and all, but man, lamb, Lamb's on the menu again, thirty seven hundred. Let's
1: go. Very good. And uh, in the next range, we'll go from thirty five hundred on down to three thousand one hundred. John, and in this grouping, I like Manny Machado against Marcus Stroman. Stroman has been touched up with a long ball uh, a lot most recently, and Machado's a guy who's certainly capable of delivering against any pitcher. But uh, when one guy, when a guy like Stroman's operating at less than peak efficiency, I think he could be easy meat for a couple of the big swingers in the Orioles lineup. Uh, further to that, the obligatory. Longoria speech from me he's he's on a power surge of late $3,400 is the price tag uh, I like the mix uh, I, even though he's going against my guy Nova don't sleep on Longo because of that power stroke it's going very well in the past week one of the better hitters uh, from the hot corner uh, we also talked a little bit Mike, Mike Moustakas you can't overlook him uh, gets the good matchup tonight against a very hittable uh, opponent for on the mound for uh, for the uh, Tigers, it's lefty mm-hmm. on lefty, but Mustaka's a guy
2: who's that's the tough part for me. That that's what made me move off of him. That and the wind is blow; it would like blow uh, if he were to like pull a ball. It'd go out to like center, so it'd yeah, be a little bit tougher for him nine, this evening.
1: Nineteen home runs on the season, though. Boy, that's tough to tough to let it go. Uh, I'm looking for lightning in a bottle there. Chris Bryant also in the mix here for the for the Cubbies against Strasburg. Uh, Price is dampened by the opposing mound uh, yep. mound guy, but. Uh, bryant is who bryant is so what do you think about this group
2: uh this uh this group i mean if 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 lamb isn't on the menu for you then um I, i guess anthony rendon kind of stands out to me him and chris bryant uh bryant uh i know that it is strasburg and strasburg is my favorite pitcher this evening but i mean brian Bryant's talent sort of supersedes all, all of that and uh, i think he's a guy uh, you certainly consider at that price tag especially you know when you can usually get him in the four thousand range uh, anthony rendon is is my other pick um you know on the other side of that game i think you usually see him in the in the mid threes uh as opposed to down here at 3100 so rendon uh, i know he has one home run off of lackey in, in his career um i'm not Calling that he's going to do that again per se, but he's just having a really solid year, really solid at home. Uh, I think that he's he's certainly worth that thirty one hundred dollars price tag. John,
1: in the sub three thousand range, there's not too many names that I would jump on given the quality that I see above this grouping. My dog is going nuts here, agreeing with me, I believe. So, yeah, (laughs) I think I think he's anxious to get onto the rest of the plate. But uh, I want you to let me know if you see any third baseman of any note.
2: Uh, yes uh, at under 3,000 um, Eugenio Suarez is a guy for the Reds you know again that's just getting uh, as much exposure to that uh, Brewers versus Reds uh, game, uh, as you can, he, he's sort of underrated, uh, in general, just a really consistent producer. So f- to have him at, at this, at this rate, I know it is chase Anderson. I think that he does, uh, make a fair bit of sense. And I think uh, in that same vein, uh, Nick Castellanos of the tigers, that's, you know, uh, once again, uh, going after a right-handed bat in that tigers lineup, going against Ian Kennedy with the ball flying out to left, uh, just twenty eight hundred, so he really nice cap relief from either of these guys. I think that both of them uh would definitely be my picks if if I'm going under three thousand.
1: Well I, I can't I can't find a lottery pick that, that uh teased me, so I'll I'll say that you made you made the best of a bad lot there i'm going to suggest uh, if we go over to the shortstop position though we can get excited again again about a couple of guys who are again the class of the field there carlos correa and trey turner i'll ask you the same questions i did earlier between these two guys if you had to pick one make the case for correa and turner it's the same game though, that the other two guys were in we i asked you the similar questions.
2: Yeah, that's right. Um, I think it's, it's for me, it's, I'm going the nationals again. I think I'm yeah. going Turner. I think that, you know, this is just a, a case where, uh, the Cubs know he's going to be running, but it doesn't really matter if they can't stop him. And I don't think that they can, they're just not built like that. They, they don't have, uh, the quick battery, um, that that's necessary to slow down a guy like Trey Turner. So he gets on base, Lackey completely gets off of his, off of his rhythm, freaking out, trying to like, you know, keep Trey Turner under a 10 foot lead or something, <laughs> uh, you know, for, so 4,000, I think that he just delivers on the stolen base potential. I know, um, you know, it's something that, that you said as well about some other guys and hoping for some home runs you, you're kind of hoping to catch lightning in a bottle. And it's a little bit of, uh, points chasing after what Turner did last night, but I think it's legitimate. I think against a Cubs rotation like this, that that's so slow to the plate, uh, Turner, Turner at 4,000, If you, if you can afford a premium option at shortstop, he's my guy
1: and uh, you know what I'll take the other guy in this case Correa it's hit safely in 14 in his last 15 games so the power potential is there a little bit more than Turner so those yes. are the two factors that caused me to lean a little bit the other way so while we agreed in the first instance it's kind of neat that we disagree here and we'll see how that turns out uh, at the end of the night John maybe we'll have a little bit of a chat about that offline later sure. <laughs> what about the range uh, Corey Seager day to day with a hamstring goes next up at $3,900 so we'll stay away from him uh, Recommend that as well and down uh, at $3,500 we'll take it down to $3,000 uh, the name of Xander Bogarts they're a, a great value for Boston uh, I think a pretty good matchup too uh, given that Maia is on the mound the righties for the Red Sox could have a big night and Bogarts should be in the middle of that mix and uh, I, I think he's a great buy at $3,500.
2: Yeah, it's it's really hard to go uh, wrong with, with Bogarts, um, but I think that there are other sort of appealing options in this in this tier as well. Um, I think a guy like Chris Owings, uh, coming off uh, getting a breather. Uh, on Tuesday night, he should be back in that lineup. Thirty-four hundred against Wainwright, you know, and getting more exposure to that uh, Diamondbacks lineup uh, that is again just the best in baseball when it's at home. Uh, Eric Sogard is is the other guy that that stood out to me at three thousand. Um, again, just that Brewers game, but you uh, you have to make sure that he's in the lineup instead of VR. I think that this this could be the end of the line as far as Sogard. Um, being the everyday second baseman uh, for, for the uh, Brewers, even though he's listed as a shortstop uh, here on FanDuel. And then Lindor at 3,000, that doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense to I me agree. either. And I, I know agree. he's going against you, Darvish, but man, uh, he... <laughs> it's just disrespectful to have a, yeah. a player of of his quality at at just 3000 so i imagine the only drawback here for him is that the ownership is going to be through the roof because everyone you know bets on the pedigree uh, that lindor certainly brings uh so i think it's he might be the highest owned shortstop this evening that's the only thing that's kind of scaring me off of him
1: yeah i completely agree with you on that assessment and right with him there and simmons gets a favorable matchup and he's hitting up a storm of late too so two guys on the 3000 bubble that i think you could flip a coin and, and you can't go wrong either way if you if you have to resort to putting one of these two guys in you get the hot sticks of both players and uh, really the case that you made for lindor i echo the sentiment this guy has got his game together. Uh, he, struggled earlier on the numbers really don't reflect what he's done lately and really that's something that I lean on when I'm making my picks and if you look at that in isolation he is really one of the clear standouts at this position from top to bottom is there anybody below the $2,900 range and below that you might like I'm looking at the power stroke for Torrey Tulewitzki coming coming back a little bit of late he did a
2: strong one last night he
1: did and in, a, in a meaningless circumstances it turned out <laughs> but he's had the power stroke going of late there's been a little bit of concern uh, expressed in Toronto uh, most of the season just because the power numbers aren't there but this guy hit is a streaky hitter and you know what let's not forget uh his career and some he, he's a he's an all-star caliber player when things are going right and uh terribly underperforming most of the season yeah. but hopefully he's getting his act together and uh, maybe maybe will be a catalyst to get it, keeping this team in the running for a while. I'm, I'm on him tonight in a big way, uh, like the matchup and uh, the righty-lefty thing also in his favor. So uh, Troy Tulewiski to me the standout in this range. Are there any other guys that you might lean on in this group?
2: Um, let's see, a newly bespectacled Tim Anderson I think is intriguing, <laughs> uh, mostly just because I wanted to say bespectacled Excellent on the air. Word. but uh, <laughs> uh, Yeah, but he's, he's wearing glasses now and uh, it seems to be working out pretty well so he's got Tanaka wind blowing out uh if you're if you're not on Tanaka tonight then maybe he's he's a good way of getting some uh White Sox lineup exposure if you if you get down like that and then um Eric Ibar maybe at 2,500 again going against uh, Bartolo you know is, is this the Eric Ibar revenge game <laughs> maybe <laughs> at 2,500 so I don't know uh I that's certainly you know when I'm making a one dollar lineup at you know 10 minutes before lock maybe i'll make one with eric ibar and it just just you know for fun to see see what happens there but um you know there's a there's enough viable options for not very expensive for 35 on 3,500 and lower uh to for you can you know there's a lot of ways to skin the cat at at this position
1: yeah and i'll add one more name in this range jordy mercer who is a platoon specialist he does does very well historically against left-handed batters uh, pitchers and he faces one tonight He's on a pretty good hitting streak of late, so so those factors add up to a pretty nice buy at $2,700 if you're looking for a contrarian play uh, or a tournament-type play that might uh, pay off well. We turn our attention, finally, to the outfielders, John, and uh, there's a mitt full of them in this 4,000 range every week, and we got six of them in this group. For me, Gio Stanton is the guy. I like the matchup tonight. Uh, The power stroke is going. $4,100, $4,100, the price tag, a little bit lower than what we've seen from him much of the season. I'll take him over to the likes of Judge and Harper and Dickerson at all. How do you think uh, – what do you think uh, is your favorite in this group?
2: Um, I could also see a guy like uh, George Springer who uh, uh – Got hit by Jesse Hahn last time out. Uh, didn't end, didn't end up finishing that game, uh, but I think that he's a guy at 4100, uh, maybe looking to make amends and goes you know Springer Dinger to lead off there. So uh, 4100, uh, he's probably my favorite of these upper tier uh, outfielders.
1: If we take it down a notch, going to the 3600 and up range, there's a whole mittful of stars here. For me, Michael Taylor is the guy from Washington part of big part of that of late and gets the favorable matchup against lackey uh, a name that doesn't match up with the name recognition of some of the other types might dampen his ownership a little bit and i'll gladly take a piece of him in that regard uh, if i have to resort to picking one guy in this group again i ask you who are your favorites in this grouping
2: um i like jd martinez uh you know this is you know something i've been hinting at throughout the show i think that uh right-handed bats in this game uh are a must and i think that jd martinez is is sort of the linchpin of that so i'm i'm making a tiger stack and and uh, martinez will be uh will certainly be part of it at just 3,800
1: if we go 3,500 and down or 3,400 and down uh, mark Trumbo scares the heck out of me as a blue jay fan orioles are really getting a lot of mileage out of him uh in streaky uh, times this season but he's on one of those better streaks of late and so you got to pay attention he's uh, extra base power every time he comes up the ab- batting average not uh, not there where you'd like it to be, but he's not the, all about the batting averages. He's about the long ball and right. uh, and the RBIs. And uh, in this potent lineup, Th- this is a team that's hitting tremendously well all season long with runners in scoring position. Trumbo's numbers go up in that regard as well, and uh, he'll have some RBI opportunities. And for thirty four hundred dollars, if you can fit him in there, might be a good look. Uh, anybody else in this group that that you might like, John?
2: Uh, The the Justin Upton play I think uh, makes some sense again uh, sticking with the Tigers there uh, he makes some sense Um, outside outside of that um, I I suppose Benintendi has a a pretty uh, solid matchup this evening against Mejia at home Uh, but Benintendi's kind of dropped down to the bottom third of that order so that that lessens his appeal so I I use it you know lineup position as a bit of a tiebreaker sometimes and I with that I, I'm going to give the lean to Dustin Upton from this tier
1: and I'll add the name of Jacoby Ellsbury I mean it's lefty on lefty against Rodon but he doesn't scare me and uh, Ellsbury top of the order guy for the Yankees if they go off tonight you can bet he's going to be in the middle of that mix another lefty on lefty circumstance Curtis Granderson so I'm going against the grain with a couple of guys in that in that way $3,100 for a guy whose power stroke is, he's been awesome. is on fire of late so he, I had to mention that uh, but uh, you can do worse than these two guys at $3,100. Are there any kind of lightning in a bottle types for, uh, below the 3000 mark that you might like? I know you're you're dying to talk about Tommy Pham again, aren't you?
2: <laughs> I mean, Tommy Pham has made me look really smart a few times, <laughs> oddly enough. He's the only guy that can really do that, it seems like. But yeah, Ph- Pham out in Arizona, I think he makes some sense. Uh, just 2900 so his price has stayed pretty level. Uh, Seth Smith, a guy, if he's leading off again uh, against a righty, I imagine he will be. Um, So he makes some sense there. And then uh, as far as your lightning in a bottle picks are concerned, I think Hunter Renfro going against Bartolo Colon. Renfro is a guy with ridiculous pop, but also ridiculous strikeout rates. So uh, you're you're sort of just hoping that he can get a hold of one of them, but I'm betting that he can. So at 2700, uh, he's my favorite of the of like the bargain uh outfielders and
1: i'll throw one more name in keon broxton on a hitting tear of late he's been very hot very cold in parts of the season very hot right now the power stroke is in in play with two homers and four rbis in his last four games several multi-hit efforts in his last 10 and uh, only gone hitless in one in the last dozen games it looks like and and really uh a guy you could do a lot worse than plug and play for $2,900. So, John, we've come up with names, uh, value plays, uh, top end plays at each position, but it's now time to put our lineups together. Who do you have top to bottom in your preferred lineup tonight?
2: All right, so my my first run through making a lineup for for this, um, I'm going to go with Steven Strasburg as my pitcher, uh, Austin Hedges at catcher that's part of the Padres' exposure against Bartolo Colon, uh, Eric Thames. At 3,100 is my first baseman, so saving at that corner, uh, paying up a little bit more at 3,400 to go get Ian Kinsler at second base. Uh, Third base, I'm using Eugenio Suarez. Again, just a really consistent sort of under-the-radar option uh, that gets to play in Great American Ballpark. Uh, Shortstop, I have Eric Sogard for now, but again, you're going to have to keep an eye Uh, on that Brewers lineup and make sure that he's in. But if he is, you imagine he's going to be leading off in a pretty high-scoring game. And then moving on to the outfield, uh, J.D. Martinez at 3,800, Justin Upton at 3,400. Again, just part of that Tiger stack. And then uh, Hunter Renfro to sort of pair with Austin Hedges and, uh, you know, maximize Uh, my pop potential against cologne
1: well pop potential is what my my lineup looks like uh, when i look at it again now thinking all these guys can go yard and uh, i'll start with the pitcher of of note Ivan nova he's been a quality start machine most of the season and i'm counting on that to continue and ably be supported by the pittsburgh offense in a favorable matchup against the rays tonight $8,100 $8,100 is his price tag. I talked uh, at length about Sal Perez at the catcher's position. $3,200 is his price tag. Adam Lind is the key to my lineup. He allows me to save some money. $2,700. If he's in there for Washington, he's definitely going to be in my lineup tonight against Lackey. Jonathan Shoup, uh against the, the, the Jays has been bad news all season long for Toronto fans. $3,300 is the price tag there. Justin Turner, my lean at the uh, third base position. $3,600 is his price tag. Tori Tulewitzki trying to catch lightning in the bottle again for the third time this past week, $2,900, another guy that helps me save a few bucks. Then in the outfield, i got Michael Taylor, the lesser known of some of the offensive weapons that the, the Nats will throw out uh, against some of the name recognition guys that will be surrounding him in the lineup against Lackey and company. Curtis Granderson on a power power tear. Anytime I see uh, a guy with normally a low batting average uh, but a power hitter of note on a tear, I'm going to go with that hot streak. $3,100, his price tag. And finally, a guy who must be salivating at the prospect that the, that the All-Star game's around the corner and he gets to hit home runs again. Uh, for the nation to just just go ooh and ah and uh John Carlos Stanton will be warming up in that regard tonight $4,100 his price tag John tell us what the rotowire optimizer has come up for with uh, for this evening's uh
2: lineup all right so if you just use our baseline optimizer uh we're looking at Masahiro Tanaka on the mound against the White Sox um Russell Martin against Wade Miley getting some exposure to that game so I like that call uh catcher uh then Eric Thames uh Brian Dozier, Chris Bryant, and Francisco Lindor round out your infield. And in the outfield, uh, the optimizer also likes John Carlos Stanton in addition to Mookie Betts at 3,900 and Max Kepler at 2,600, um, going against Rick Porcello. So, uh, some, an interesting mix of bats in there, but I, I think that that actually looks pretty strong from, from just a, uh, you know, once over generated lineup there. So I like that
1: john we're less than two weeks away from the all-star break and our rotowire's annual trek to las vegas i know there's going to be very little to bet on uh, over the over our stay there because uh, <laughs> a lot of sports are in off-season mode but one of the things that we look at are future bets of note and if you had to pick right now i'm going to ask you who your leading three leading candidates are in order for the mvp of both leagues
2: um it's hard for me to to go against a, a guy um in Aaron judge, as far as AL is concerned. Uh, but moving down that list a little bit that the AL is kind of murky, uh, after him, um, I, I, you know, maybe like a George Springer or a Jose Altuve, right. uh, w- would also, uh, figure into your mix there. Um, but as far as guys that you, you think can extend that success through the rest of the season, you know, like I, I'm not sure that like a Justin smoke, uh, who's been uh, MVP quality for this, first half of the season I'm, I'm not sold that he's gonna uh stick that way the rest of the way if you see what I mean so yeah. I think the ju- judge is probably the, the smart play uh there as far as the NL is concerned um I think Nolan Arenado it's time for him to start getting uh MVP buzz because he's so valuable both with his glove uh, and with the bat, and he's been a huge reason behind uh, Colorado's sort of resurgence. Even though they they've slipped a little bit over the last week or so, Um, I think Max Scherzer honestly deserves some credit. He's having like a Kershaw esque season, just so dominant. Uh, So I know I know we'll, we'll get into Cy Young later, but I think as far as MVPs concerned, I think you have to at least you know think that that Scherzer if there is a pitcher uh, that he would be the guy so uh, who are your candidates? First of all I
1: want to separate myself from that argument immediately and we can debate that back and forth I don't think a pitcher should ever be uh, an MVP candidate Mm -hmm. they've got their own award and let's keep it that way that's my thought on that in a nutshell Uh, in terms of the National League uh, Paul Goldschmidt has been instrumental in in keeping Arizona in the thick of the race and putting up his usual big time numbers Uh, this guy is a five tool guy with an asterisk he runs like the wind uh, when he needs to in terms of stolen base opportunities that's something a lot of power hitters just don't do so that's something that really separates him uh, from I think the rest of the field and in fact Bryce Harper having a nice bounce back season for the Nationals has them in the thick of the race and Arenado's teammate in Colorado Charlie Blackman having a fabulous year for the Rockies so there's my top three candidates in the NL I I agree with you that Judge has clearly uh, distanced himself from the rest of the field in the American League but I look at the fact that Houston's having a great year and Jose Altuve is the igniter there so I give him a nod and then Xander Bogarts has the Red Sox in the thick of the race again and I look for him to have a big second half and maybe close the ranks on Judge to make that a, a, a winner by a nose situation at the end of the season mm-hmm. uh, I have that much faith in Bogarts to come up big the rest of the way. John I, I hope our listeners take special heed to the, the the comments that we make. We take our time to to put this show together and give a lot of good information i think you've had a fabulous season i wish you good luck tonight in the free roll and uh, uh we've had a ball we got one more week to go before the all-star break and uh, we'll wind it up here for now there you have it for john McHeckney who's a great follow at johnny McHex. i'm paul bruno who you can follow at statsman 22 and we wish you good luck with your fan build plays come back and listen to our podcast on a daily basis to get an edge on the competition so long everybody